0: i Spaces Welcome to the Ether. Today's Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Today on the Ether, P-Stake Finance host STK Spaces, number three. Liquid staking DEXs in Cosmos. Let's take a listen.
1: Uh, yeah, I think we should have everyone here. Yeah, can everyone hear me clearly? Yeah, uh, perfect, perfect. Uh, I think we have Carter from Shay, We have Pratex from Dexter, uh, Trees here.
2: And, uh, I think she was speaking directly from the Forge account. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we can get started as more and more people join in. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for joining everyone. This is SDK spaces. Uh, the idea behind SDK spaces is to be a consistent place to drive genuine, unfiltered and unbiased co- discussions around liquid staking, uh, P stake, uh, we are cognizant of how important easy access to niche and correct information. on Liquid staking is going to be, you know, to help its adoption. Uh, we believe that, you know, for liquid staking to be up only, p is asking difficult questions only with SDK spaces. And in this particular one, uh, we're talking about LST liquidity in cosmos. Uh, what started, you know, with maybe p launching the first solution for liquid staking atom with SDK atom in mid 2021 as an ERC implementation at that time, uh, because there's no IBC at that time, no ICA, no DEXs. Or even DeFi in Cosmos. From there to now, I think the liquid staking market has started to mature. You know, we had Side Launch, we had Tez again natively launched on Persistence, and the latest liquid staking provider, which is Quicksilver. Uh, I I personally believe, you know, that LST liquidity that is not only deep but also efficient, a steady source of real yield with other things in Cosmos, and constant innovation in DeFi primitives is going to kind of help propel Cosmos DeFi from here. So without further ado, I think we can get started by introducing our guest speakers for today Uh, and to talk about this LST liquidity we have with us four DEXs in Cosmos that have embraced liquid sticking with open arms in a way. So so let's get, uh, let's get to know them a bit better. Uh, First off we have Pratyaks representing the super intelligent robot in Cosmos that
3: is Dexter. Uh, Do you want to quickly introduce yourself Pratyaks? Uh, hi guys, uh, thank thank you for that introduction. Aditya, um, happy to be here, and um, uh, really looking forward to talk to everyone. Uh, and uh, and yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh,
4: next up, we have three uh, from one of the OG Dex in cosmos. That is Crescent. Yeah, hello everyone. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, some of you may know me, we're very close with the Peace stake team and love working with them. Um, I'm the head of marketing at Crescent and I lead marketing, BD, community growth, offline events and uh, such fun things.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I know it's particularly a late time for you. So thank you for tuning in. And uh, next in life, we have the economic extraordinaire from Shade,
5: Carter. Hi, everyone. Carter here. Um, big Cosmos maxi, big privacy preserving DeFi maxi, and also a liquid staking maxi. So thanks for thanks for having us on. Uh,
1: thank you, Carter, for joining us.
2: Uh, I think it's it might be just quite a bit early for you, but again, thank you for joining in. Uh,
6: and last but not the least, we have the Liquidity Orbital Ape CEO from Forge. Hey, thank you for having us. So uh, I'm Co from Orbital Ape. Part of the team that developed Forge. We worked in this from the Orbital Apes team with the FMOSDAO. And Forge is a community-owned DEX, uh, UniV3 fork, and we're extremely focused on LSTs. So, excited.
2: Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for the introduction, guys. Uh, I I think we can, you know, kind of... uh dive deep in so how this is going to work is we're going to have a section uh, for an open discussion around you know just liquid staking in cosmos then we'll try to dive deeper into these four dexes that we have with us today and later on open the stage for anyone to ask any question whether that's liquidity related or dex related or liquid staking in general so to get started with liquid staking in cosmos uh, i have a fact here with me uh, which i just I was just looking at before the space started uh, currently only 1.2% of the atom that is staked is liquid staked uh versus if you compare this to you know ecosystems like ethereum i think that's around 10 to 15 percent so w- what do you guys think you know is, is like different in cosmos when
5: it comes to liquid staking? and again this is open for everyone so i can i can try to hop right in here i i think the evm and ethereum communities have been focused on uh DeFi since day one like it's it's a more mature DeFi ecosystem there's there's more utility in general and there's just a, there's there was so much value on Ethereum and ETH holders for so long weren't able to passively tap into its value. Um, that really like the jump to proof of stake and liquid staking derivatives was the, the first chance for for these large holders to finally do something with it. Versus the Cosmos ecosystem has always had passive income baked into its identity, into its user stories because staking has always been there since day one. So I think the the paradigm shift is is finally here, but it's it's con- it's convincing capital that it's it's worth doing more than just staking, but actually participating in DeFi. And I think I think Cosmos users are maybe a little more conservative and less DeFi focused, but I think slowly over time that that's going to shift and it, and it will reach. A, I think it'll reach a tipping point. So that, that's my perspective on it.
2: Yeah, I, I think a big sense what you mentioned about, you know, maybe Cosmos starting off with uh being staking first in a way and not having uh to give you know exact thoughts about how DeFi could propel. Uh maybe Tree, you could give some insights here, because uh Crescent is the only dex in here who's also like has, has its own native sovereign chain. So what do you think about you know maybe what, what role staking has played in a way in terms of uh you know maybe even
4: prohibiting DeFi to flourish? Uh yeah. So we were, we were actually, at the time when we launched, one of the only, uh, actually the only native liquid staking. Uh, we, we were the only, you know, chain to provide native liquid staking. And right now, if you look at the amount of Cree and inflation, and that's fluid right now, most of it is liquid stakes, actually. Because we believe in um, DeFi composability from the start. And we we never wanted our, our users to stake their tokens. We wanted them to liquid stake it and use it in secondary and tertiary DeFi. And I'm not sure uh, off the top of my head how other liquid staking protocols do it. But um, when looking at Ethereum, for example, um, they're working on POS, but it's different in Cosmos because we do DPOS. So you, you have to be within a certain voting power to participate in governance and run notes. And I think in the hub it's around like hundred and seventy-five validators right now. Um so we look at liquid staking as as protocols. You're kind of DPOS of DPOS. And um so even uh, when you're thinking about liquid staking, you have to think in about you have to think about voting power and how how validators are going to uh, participate in governance and the politics of the chain itself um and i think that's really the differentiator in cosmos for uh liquid staking and um i think participation in governance needs to be fixed because uh we use liquid governance so you users holding beaker they can overthrow the decisions of their validators and vote um uh on their own and we think it uh similar to what uh carter said i think it opens up uh multiple possibilities for defi um and other defi uh, we'll talk about it later on on crescent but also you have to think about the um the upsides, upsides and downsides on governance participation as well in cosmos yeah i think those are super valid points and what you
2: especially mentioned, right? That it's come from to be able to do not only staking but also participate in DeFi. I think that's the innate problem that liquid staking solves, which is, you know, as a POS user, you don't have to choose between staking or DeFi, but rather you can enjoy staking and DeFi. So that's pretty valid there. Uh, but but then from here on, uh, you know, it's been, I think, eight months, eight or 10 months since Stride launched natively as an IBC native liquid staking solution. P-stake has launched in January itself uh launched I think a month or two back. Uh what what do you think are like major things that is going to propel liquid staking, aka also DeFi and Cosmos from here on? Again, open for everyone. Maybe someone wants to talk about the LSM or integrated security and you know what role that will you know might eventually play in DeFi and also liquid staking?
5: I I guess I can hop in here. I actually think one of the keys to liquid staking tokens taking off is actually Oracle's I think um right now, in order for these lending products, whether it's like um over collateralized cDP tokens or your money markets, they're very contingent upon being able to interface with the liquid staking derivative projects and endpoints and so I think there's a lot of like potentially security and stability problems tied to how fractured some of the data flow is on this um and I, and i really I really believe the money markets and the lending products um, are gonna be key to giving staking derivatives utility, right? It's actually being able to utilize your liquid staking token, it's better capital utilization, um, and it's all kind of built upon the fact that there needs to be good security tied to Oracle's to fully onboard all the liquid staking tokens into the lending um, and money markets.
1: I, I think that's a definitely an
2: interesting point. Uh, because I think so far most uh, most of the adoption, in a way, has come from like just building liquid, staking liquidity in, in in the first place. You could say. Uh, obviously, we have Land, We have uh, things like Umi. We have you know things also like uh, Crescent LF tokens that you know probably help uh, go a deep. Uh, you could say a layer deeper into Cosmos DeFi with liquid staking at the, at the forefront, because at the end, the, you know, maybe the, the rewards or the incentives that we see to purely for providing liquidity is not going to be a sustainable approach to kind of adopt. You, you would have to be able to do the, the, the you know, with the DeFi decent stuff to be able to actually use or re- use LST to your advantage, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. And maybe what, what are what is everyone's thoughts on, you know, the, the whole atom economic zone that we are seeing, in terms of, you know, maybe replicate security pushing staking rewards for Atom and the LSM in, in tandem with that allowing this staked Atom to now be liquid. What is
1: what the group's thought on that? Three, maybe or Pratyaks, anyone, uh, you or perhaps
4: anyone, you have any take on this? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just another thought about, you know, rec- le- replicated security or ICS. Um, you know, we're I mean I'm not a dev um but I see like a question that I have is for liquid staking protocols is what are the potential political implications that uh a chain may have on being a consumer chain of you know the hub or you know other provider chains because I feel like will there or will there not be discrimination depending on what provider chain you're using or what what Consumer chain you're choosing to be of, um, and I, I wanted to ask that to you actually um, with you know other liquids taking uh, providers deciding to you know implement ICS or other other security uh, alternatives. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. Uh, can you maybe just repeat what the exact question was? So will will uh, you know mesh security or LSM will. Uh, will it affect um, liquid staking providers politically more than, um, you know, on the technical level?
2: Uh, I think, uh, I mean, that's honestly a good question here. Uh, I I think we will definitely see maybe some sort of uh, amalgamation amalgamation there because obviously the LSM is going to be a huge, huge uh, bonus addition for liquid staking providers because the current, uh, you could say, the hurdle, the biggest hurdle for anyone to liquid stake right now is that most of people's atom are kind of staked right, right now. And we see that with around 67 or 670 70% bonded ratio. So for someone to liquid stake currently, they're going to have to unstake and then, you know, be liquid stake. So the 21 day unbonding period, the rewards that you kind of let go of is the biggest hurdle to liquid stake currently. Obviously the LSM will allow you to do that, uh, without having to go through the unbonding period. And I'm sure, you know, liquid staking providers will be on top of it to capture maybe more and more liquid staking market for their own protocol. Uh, so that might, uh, you know, be, be make, uh, arise with some political complications, but I hope it's a healthy competition at the end. Maybe that's, that's my two cents on that. Uh, perfect. And, uh, maybe Pratex, you Carter mentioned a good point about, you know, how, obviously we, I mean, the, the topic of discussion is the liquidity for liquid staking, but, uh, money markets will also obviously play a very important lo- role once this liquidity
3: is built. So do you have any, any additional points on that? Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, Carter pointed out uh, one thing, uh, which was around the oracles. I mean, I believe that uh, in in general, DEXs or exchanges and money markets uh, are the basic building blocks um, of of DeFi and in general finance also. Uh, And right now, at least in the Cosmos, uh, there has not been a huge, around the liquid stake assets uh, besides providing liquidity or just having a liquid stake token and earning staking rewards on that or swapping that out. Uh, but definitely the first step I feel uh, to moving to the next primitive of finance, which is uh, lending markets, uh, would be to create super deep pools uh, to make sure that uh, that uh, that there is a, a big right now the oracles i think uh, don't support uh or any other money market would not support if the liquidity is very less for any any liquid stake assets uh, but creating deep liquidities would be the first step uh, around building a very solid use case around money markets um and the next thing would be around, like, use, in general, using the liquid stake assets in the money markets would be super interesting where we can have leveraged liquid staking, with I, which I think UMI has currently implemented. Um, and, and similar to, I think there is a product uh, on the Ethereum, uh, in the Ethereum ecosystem called as Abracadabra, um, which used to do self-repaying loans, Abracadabra, and I think Alchemix Finance. So that can be another use case uh, for the liquid stake assets in cosmos because the the returns on on through the staking rewards are super high um, I think I'm, I'm pretty excited around those kind of
1: use cases uh, in the money markets yeah, yeah but I think it's a v- very interesting point there too uh, you know maybe how liquids uh, or other uh, this, this liquidity is
2: going to help maybe you know propel uh, cosmos DeFi, the point that you are speaking about uh perfect uh, maybe this also might be the right time to get to know these the dexes that we have today a bit more in depth and a bit more better uh so what we can do is maybe just go around one by one and talk about maybe what what the, what your dex specifically is
1: and uh, what the current landscape of lst liquidity on your is. so maybe we can start with co first forge all right so forge is a project
6: it's a funded by a proposal and accepted by that community. So, we developed it to kickstart DeFi in FMOS. And one of the main things with FMOS that makes it different from other chains is that it has, uh, it started with a very high inflation. So, the APRs, even right now, almost a year after the chain launched, is still around 80%. So, this makes it extremely hard for um, DeFi protocols to compete with this taking APR. Because any protocol will have to offer something better than 80% for users to unstake their tokens and use them in DeFi. So this is where LSTs are so powerful for FMOS in specific because users can still liquid stake their tokens and then use them in secondary DeFi. And this is something that enables DeFi to exist in FMOS, something that wasn't possible before, at least to a great extent. So uh, Forge has two main value propositions. so first of all, we have a big uh, focus on LSTs, so we're uh, using these tokens as incentives we're promoting their use to make them more suitable for evmos and we're also we also have concentrated liquidity, which extremely benefits how capital allocations are made so with concentrated liquidity you don't need super deep uh, liquidity in the pools, but you can make uh, way better swaps and more efficient trades with less liquidity. So for us, we are currently running a big incentives program. It boosted our TVL from 100,000 to 2 million yesterday, and it's continued to grow. So with these incentives, by using concentrated liquidity, we're able to make the best use of them and capture a lot of liquidity. And also one of the specifics of Fmos is that it combines EVM and the Cosmos ecosystem. So we can have ERC-20 representations of tokens from the Ethereum side connected into Cosmos. So it's amazing to see the interaction between um, things like stake deeds from Ethereum coming into play with other assets like uh, Fmos and Atom. So it's pretty cool to see both worlds combined, and through
1: Liquid Stake tokens, we're further enabling this interaction. So connecting both worlds. Thank you so much, CEO, for that uh, brief introduction. I think, and in particular, uh, really happy that you know something like univ
2: three kind of liquidity is coming to Cosmos, and you know, obviously, Cosmos being the bridge between Ethereum and Cosmos as well, that should spur up some very interesting value propositions in the future. Uh, thank you for that. Tree, uh, maybe you, you want to go next, uh, talk about Crescent and maybe the current
1: scenario of liquid-staking derivatives that are there on Crescent?
4: Uh, yeah. So we launched in April of last year. So just over a year. And we were the first order book and AMM hybrid decks on Cosmos. So we have both LP pools and market makers on on the same book in our in our liquidity. And we were also the first to deploy a, our version of Uniswap before, you know, the license expired. And uh, which is what we call a range liquidity. Um, we were one of the first also to implement native liquid staking. Um, we have B-Cree, which is bonded Cree. And uh, you can native stake your Cree. And we, we never um, advocated, uh, you know, regular staking because we pushed for... Uh, DeFi composability, which is why we also don't have bonding periods on Crescent because we believe that, you know, you should actively manage your positions and this will come in play in a lot of newer utilities in the future. Uh, Currently, we have about, I think, 27 assets listed on Crescent with six different LSTs, Uh, the latest being um, STUMI. Uh, Around 3 million of our TVL is uh, LSTs. Uh, It includes BKRI, our own. And the largest actually is STK Atom with about, uh, I think, 700,000 on on Crescent. Um, Obviously, we're looking to onboard a lot more uh, LSTs because we have capital efficient range liquidity and we are going to upgrade this actually um it'll be very similar to uniswap v3 you can create custom uh pool positions so you can you know you can choose to be high risk of going out of range but get a lot of uh farming rewards so it'll be a lot more freedom than right now uh also we're going to introduce liquid farming which is kind of like what i think someone mentioned abracadabra before uh, it's tokenizing your LP position, but we're allowing it to be IBC transferred out to other chains like UMI. So you can take this tokenized LP position, still receive farming and uh, staking rewards, but you can provide it as collateral to mint stablecoins on UMI, Kujira, Agoric, um, Inner Protocol, for example. Um, this will be live in the next two months. And because we have an order book, we're going to have market makers for large pairs like Atom, Ethereum, and uh, BTC in the
1: coming weeks. Uh, thank you for that, Kree. Uh, definitely super interesting things in Crescent as well. I personally, you know, I can't wait for LF tokens
2: because they, they, you know, uh, at the same time, maybe they also add that inherent risk to the system, but also unlock more and more capital efficient, maybe DeFi in a sense. So th-
5: thank you for that. Carter, uh, maybe you want to go next with Shade? 100%. So Shade Protocol is a set of DeFi apps that's been in development since 2021. So we're two years into the journey at this point. And last month we launched ShadeSwap, which is a 100% front-running resistant uh, decentralized exchange powered by the privacy of Seeker Network. So there's private trading balances, uh, there's front-running resistant trading. And the other piece of the puzzle is we've been 100% liquid staking focused since, since day one. Uh, we pretty much, everything's built around uh, liquid staking tokens, as well as this theory that stable coins should really be the the centerpiece of decentralized exchanges. Uh, a lot of Dexes kind of force liquidity providers to pair with the volatile governance token. And this introduces uh, additional and permanence loss. And at the end of the day, like the protocol has to end up kind of paying for that. And so we feature Quicksilver, Persistence, and Strides taking derivatives on the DEX, and we're excited to continue to bring more. Uh, We have something called Asymmetric Concentrated uh, Liquidity, which is a first ever in DeFi. It was a mathematics project that took many, many months last year. And the net result is super, super efficient trading from uh, L1 tokens to staking derivatives. And then what we do, we call call these staking derivative on-ramp pairs when it's the L1 to the staking derivative what we then do, what we what we then do is have uh, silk which is the native stable coin of shade protocol tied to these staking derivatives and silk is the routing routing token that all the liquidity jumps through um shade swap also features a stable swap so people can seamlessly trade from usdt to usdc uh to ist to cmst so it's a stable swap it's a derivative swap and it's also um one click away from the Shade Lend lending product. So lots of DeFi happening, lots of interesting strategies emerging and uh, excited to continue to see uh, DeFi on Secret Network
1: and Shade Protocol grow. thank you so much for that Carter. Definitely super interesting things with Silk in particular. You know, when I had
2: also first, I think I mentioned when we were speaking on calls as well, when I first read about Silk, it was very interesting idea to see that a stablecoin that is packed or rather pegged not only to the usd uh, but also like a peg of uh, basket of currencies in a way and you know super excited to have you here and also talk more about shade i will definitely talk about asymmetric considered liquidity a bit more after this uh but yeah last but not the least uh pretext do you want to maybe talk about texture and you know the, the current state of LSD liquidity on dexter uh
3: yep uh so DEX is an interchange DEX for yield generating assets. So currently, we support liquid staked assets, which is a subset of yield generating assets. And in future, we plan to support uh, interest pairing tokens from different DeFi platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we went live uh, on the Persistence Core One mainnet uh, a- around two months ago uh, with two pools Atom XPRT and STK Atom Atom. So, the goal uh, for Dexter is to support capital efficient trading and liquidity provisioning for liquid stake assets and yield generating assets. Uh, And currently, the TVL is around 1.7 million with uh, around 700K in in volumes. Um, And um, being a power DeFi user for some time, for two things uh, in any DEX, which is how capital efficient the trading is and how good the user experience is. Um, And we started building uh, Dexter with the same things in mind around 10 months ago. Um, So we have brought the most battle-tested AMM mechanisms that are out there, um, which are the weighted pool, uh, which is inspired by Balancer, the stable swap invariant, which is inspired by Curve, and the meta stable pools, uh, which is uh, also inspired by Balancer, but with a couple of variations um, that uh, we have done on our end and then delivered it. So yeah, uh, this is uh, uh,
1: about Dexter, I would say. Uh, yep, uh, thank you so much for that.
2: Uh, I think you know, metastable pools in general are very, very interesting and also uh, like one of the most efficient for liquid-staking tokens. Uh, so we can maybe try to get to understand that in a bit depth uh, from your uh So the, the next thing maybe that I want to talk about now that you know, we have some context on what these liquid staking taxes are and how they are efficient for LST liquidity in the first place. Uh, it's actually quite uh, interesting to know that, you know, the, the four of us uh, here have different mechanisms for liquidity for liquid stake tokens in the first place. Uh, what uh, everyone's mentioned, right? Uh, Forge is bringing units of V3, Crescent has, in a way, ranged liquidity, Dexter has metastable. A share has asymmetric concentrated liquidity, you know, big, big words here. Maybe let's, let's try to dive a bit deeper into these. And try to understand from like a very pure, uh, let's say, benefit perspective, or like an explain, like in five perspectives, what do these mechanisms mean in the first place? Uh, Maybe Carter, you want to go first, try to explain us what asymmetric concentrated liquidity is and why is it beneficial?
5: Sure. So, I mean, the the start of DeFi was all about um, constant product market making, which is essentially this idea that liquidity should be equally distributed across all possible trading ranges. So for volatile assets, this is a really good idea, right? Because you don't you don't know where the assets are going to go. Um, and you're able to provide a decent trading experience, even with like not great liquidity uh, for for retail investors when you use constant product market making. But then stable coins came along in crypto and curve kind of had the realization of like wait a second, if we have one US dollar stable coin trading with another US dollar stable coin, they're pegged to the same thing, and so their trading range is super, super consistent. As long as the promise of their peg holds true, and as long as arbors are going to arb, which is, which is a, a, <laughs> you can almost always count on that to be true, um, then let's design a curve that concentrates liquidity on the trading ranges where the majority of trading happens, which would be something like between you know 99 cents to a dollar and one cents, right? Like a, that type of trading range. And the net result is you have like a really, really good user experience when trading um, with concentrated liquidity because you have really, really low slippage. And so you can have these massive trades, lots of volume, and it makes happy LPs because the capital utilization is actually really, really good. So then staking derivatives came along. And what people tried to do was try to kind of map on this, this kind of stable swap curve onto the staking derivative relationship. But the, how an L1 token interacts with its staking derivative has a different trading range and a different relationship than trading one US dollar stablecoin um, to another. And so what SHAPE protocol did is it realized that the stable swap curves to date that we're trying to be mapped on to staking derivatives were limited by the fact that um, everyone's kind of using something called symmetrical symmetrical concentrated liquidity that is to say like you you can't kind of pick a specific specific range on the curve if you're if you're kind of if you're doing like a non order book style and so we created a brand brand new curve um, called asymmetric concentrated liquidity and we're essentially able to perfectly map liquidity onto the trading range that um staking derivative to L1 tokens trade in and this is similar to the stable swap experience it's a curve that matches the trading behavior and the relationship of the two tokens. And this results in ultra efficient trading. A good example is Osmosis has uh, $28 million worth of liquidity on Atom to ST Atom. And Shadeswap has $500,000 of liquidity on its Atom to ST Atom pool. And you, for a $90,000 trade, you get a better experience using asymmetric concentrated liquidity on the, five, you know, the 500,000 TVL pool compared to the $28 million. Dollar TVL pool, so just huge, huge levels of efficiency. We're seeing lots of volume, lots of usage on it. Um, that being said, there's other concentrated liquidity models, which I'm sure people are about to talk about here, um, that can kind of pick ranges. And so the, the the final piece of the puzzle that we have a theory on is simplicity. Uh, a lot of retail investors aren't necessarily going to want to mess around with picking precise trading ranges. So we think it's really important to provide a one-click curve-like experience for concentrated liquidity. There needs to be a plurality of solutions. There's going to be professional market makers that will prefer Uniswap v3 styles, but as a whole, we're optimizing for capital efficiency and for simplicity of user experience.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a very good point that you ended with, you know, uh, capitalizing
2: for efficiency as well as the experience side of things. Uh, maybe like a, a small question here would be when you guys were, you know, maybe devising this asymmetric concentrated liquidity in the first place, was it always keeping liquid staking in mind or was that just happened to be a solution for it? Or did you, the problem, was the problem at hand, you know, we need to solve for liquid staking liquidity.
5: So yeah, this is the interesting story, which I don't know if I've, I've told you this story before, but originally the idea was to make a stable swap, that could kind of have uh, a biased trading experience towards one stable coin or the other. Uh, essentially like, ooh, it'll be easier to buy silk from USDC and maybe it's kind of harder to sell it. Like we wanted to try to concentrate liquidity on one side of the curve versus the other. But then what we realized is that the relation, like the reason Curve chose to make its stable swap symmetrical was because the trading relationship is symmetrical, right? Like in terms of order flow. Um, and so the, all this research to kind of build this capital bias stable swap kind of came to a close because it was like, well, it doesn't, doesn't really do anything. It doesn't actually it doesn't actually create a significant impact. But then we kind of had like a, a moment in November, like we literally had a whiteboarding session and we got this idea of like, wait a second, it doesn't work for stable coins, but it maps perfectly on the derivatives because you can essentially shove liquidity um, from one side of the curve uh, above the minting price point of staking derivatives. Because as you all know, like. You're, you're rarely going to see an open market price go above the minting price point because an Arbor will just mint it out and immediately sell it on the decks, right? So what you can then do with this curve is shove all the liquidity, or not all of it, but a huge percentage of the liquidity that's never going to get touched, that's above the minting price point, and kind of shove it into this asymmetric region um, where, where all the trading actually happens for L1 and staking derivatives. So it was kind of an accidental discovery, and the origin of it was not staking derivatives. It was an examination of what we could do with stable coins, and it eventually kind of Made us realize it's perfect for
1: staking derivatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's definitely an interesting story. Uh, we come into concentrated liquidity. Uh, CEO,
2: maybe do you want to talk about uh, what, what, how the mechanism for Forge works? What use of V three is in the first place, and what you guys are doing for it?
6: Yeah, for sure. So for us, we deployed an actual univ V three fork. So we're using the same type of concentrated liquidity as Uniswap which, yeah, as Crescent said, it can be complex for traditional users because you have to concentrate liquidity, you have to make sure your position is in range and all of this. But it actually provides the tools for advanced traders to do precisely what they want. So if you have enough experience, you can fully customize your experience to provide liquidity in the exact range you want, and you're going to get better results for that. So since... We have all these tools available. We didn't want to limit or simplify what we're offering, but instead we partner with Revert Finance, which is already deployed in Ethereum, Optimism, Binance Marching, and many different chains. And what they do is they provide in depth analytics on the liquidity positions you provide and pretty much everything surrounding liquidity. So for users that find it hard to find an a precise range or something for them to concentrate their liquidity efficiently. Revert gives them the tools to analyze what exactly their position is gonna do. Uh, They can see the top positions in the decks. So if you see a super experienced trader, you can see their positions take through Revert and you can copy their position or try to mimic their movements. So it provides tools to make it easier for traditional users to take advantage of concentrated liquidity. And it also helps them learn from uh, what they're providing and learn what were the results of their past uh, liquidity pools, because it gives you um, an in-depth analysis of your performance. So if you started providing liquidity and it went out of range, it will let you know. It will provide suggestions on how to modify that and make it better for the next time. So it's pretty useful. Also, something that happened in Uniswap when they initially deployed incentives for concentrated liquidity was that some, I believe it was around 10 wallets were being operated through bots that pretty much provided concentrated liquidity on a one tick range. And they were getting all of the incentives for themselves. So instead of selecting a wide range they could just select the one tick range and as soon as the price moved the bot moved that position so what we're using is another revert finance solution which is time-based staking for the um, liquidity so this means there's a small lockup period for the um, liquidity provider to vest, and this will enable them to gain the rewards from the incentives. So this pretty much eliminates that problem with bots moving concentrated liquidity a lot, and it opens up the um, possibility for traditional users to enjoy the incentives instead of some super advanced trader getting all of those. So we we're finding a balance here. We're attracting incentives and users to provide liquidity. From the most basic users to the most advanced ones, and we cater to all of them. So this is uh, the effort we've been trying to do.
2: Correct. Yeah. Thank you so much for explaining that. And uh, I like the point that you mentioned. You know, trying to find a balance between maybe the super DeFi users as well as someone that is you know just wants to get a piece of the pie in a way uh so obviously with with concentrated v3 uh as a as a lp you will have to maybe select that range in the first place to provide liquidity to that might be a hurdle for someone that's new so are you also maybe planning to uh, integrate someone that automates that uh because i mean, I mean from from example here P-stakes, uh liquid staking solution for bnb which is STK bnb has uh, very deep liquidity on this dex called thena uh, and thena is a solidly fork but it also has concentrated liquidity with what is called fusion pools And they have partnered with this protocol called Gamma that automates these wide and narrow strategies to provide liquidity on on a V3 pool. So Is that something that Forge is also looking into?
6: Yeah. So we're going to do this through Revert. They're constantly updating their analytics tool, and they also help you manage your liquidity. So this is going to come through them. It's not directly in the Forge platform. It's an outside platform through Revert, but it's directly linked to all the positions you have in Forge.
1: Got it. Got it. Uh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. So now that maybe we've understood asymmetric, concentrated liquidity, concentrated liquidity, uh, maybe
2: Prateek, you want to talk about what metastable pools are and you know how Dexter is leveraging that.
3: Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so in the first place, uh, as, as I mentioned previously, also the Metastable pool, uh, that we have implemented, uh, on Dexter was sort of an inspiration from how Balancer had implemented the Metastable pool on their platform. Uh, but what we have done is we have, um, uh, we are using this pool, especially for LSTs. So Metastable pool, uh, what exactly it is, is that it uses a stable math, uh, uh, along with the known exchange rate for an asset and I say a known exchange rate um, so you can take any lst and they will have a very they will have a specific exchange rate uh to it which don't va- which doesn't vary unless and until there is uh, an event like slashing um so the uh, so the metastable pool can take this constantly changing exchange rate into account um and how this takes into account is we have introduced uh, a variable called as Scaling factor. Um, so, uh, how exactly stable swap invariant works is that it concentrates the liquidity around the flat region of the curve uh, when the prices or the ratio of assets are um, uh, one is to one, uh, and the curve uh, behaves approximately like a constant sum AMM in this range, which is x y x plus y is equal to k. Uh, but what this scaling factor does is that it changes the slope of this line and hence the ratio of these assets so uh so the current implementation of the metastable pool can actually uh so in this implementation we can actually have multiple lsts uh at the same time so if there is stk atom q atom and st atom every, every each and every uh lst's uh Exchange rate can be incorporated and made sure that uh, the capital that is uh, that is provided by the liquidity providers um, is being used up in the most efficient manner um, in terms of impermanent loss. And for traders especially, uh, is uh, that currently the STK atom atom pool is around 1.4 million in TVL, uh, which is 1 uh, 20th of ST atom atom uh, on osmosis but if somebody wants to do a big trade uh in a single go uh, let's say of 100,000 or 110,000 dollars uh uh what they would uh, the slippage that they would face or the price impact they would face on dexter would be around 0.506% which is uh uh, which is super nice compared to uh compared to a 28 29 million dollar pool where you face uh, a, a price impact of around 08 percent so that was the thought process and what this uh, and how we have sort of is we are maintaining uh, uh this uh, we are maintaining very tight spreads uh on on the on the math itself or on the curve itself to make sure that uh, in case if somebody ever wants to manipulate the prices also by dumping big numbers of assets, they, w- they are not able to do that. Uh, and, and the trade efficiency is super high because
1: of this. Um, so, yeah, this is high level around the metastable pools on Dexter. Got it. Uh, thank you for that explanation. So, if I'm not wrong to say here, uh, say this here, uh, basically the pool incorporates the, the increase in price of STK Atom with respect to Atom. And just adjust liquidity basis. What is efficient? uh correct. Correct. Got it. Perfect. Uh, thank you for that explanation. And last but not the least three,
2: maybe you want to talk about ranged pools and you know how Crescent uh, kind of uh, ha- has that. And, you know, it
1: helps users in terms of liquidity.
4: Uh yeah. Yeah. So, um, now, uh, range liquidity is we implemented it around the summer of last year um, we have preset price ranges and it's usually for um, native and LST pairs or stable stable pairs um, in, so in Uniswap uh, all the position uh, in v3 all the positions are spread out along the price range but for us at the moment is each block the liquidity in that pool is in in the designated min and max range is put as a limit order uh, by the AMM on the order book um, that's how we keep the, the liquidity um, uh, amplified w- within that certain price range so right now that's the method that we do it but um, with the upgrade um, on Crescent that's coming in June, in late June we're going to be implementing um, uh, it'll be similar to the V3 experience. Uh, users can create their own pool and they customize their LP strategies. And I think everyone had a consensus that there's different kinds of like hardcore users and there's light users that kind of you know want these preset ranges. So we'll have both. Um, we'll give optimized ranges for this uh, for this pair, and we'll also give um, the freedom to create more. Adventurous and more high-risk, high-return uh, ranges, which are you know more prone to go out of range. But for the time being, when it's within that range, um, you can get a lot more uh, farming rewards, and uh, especially for LSTs, because you can, um, for the most part, um, predict the price discrepancy between the two assets. Um, I think you can really optimize your your investment strategy to a very tight range and still receive um uh good yield and then uh obviously because we can predict the price discrepancy um this is why we can use this in liquid farming uh, we'll tokenize that position and then um through an oracle we can prov- keep providing the the price feed and then use it on other lending platforms um like i mentioned before
1: yeah yep. uh, thank you for that explanation uh maybe a, a follow up here is or like maybe something for you to uh, speak on or touch upon
2: is obviously a pair on crescent which is for example your let's say sdk atom atom can have various pools with different ranges so maybe you also want to talk about the benefit of
1: that having a different ranged pools for the same pet and you know how that's useful.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, yeah, that's how it's um done right now on Crescent because we well through CLI and um, you know you can create your own pools, but right now um because we do pools that aren't stable, stable or. Native LST, um, the or if there's a big trade that happens that throws it out of range, um, we can create another pool easy for that pair. So we have an overarching pair, and then we have different kind of pools. So it's basically like a, a mini version of V3 right now, where there's only two or three pools within that pair. But with our upgrade, we'll have you know we can have an unlimited amount of pools within a pair. Um, that can be customized to you know whatever range you can have um, to f- better fit the current trading pool price uh, or I should say the pair price at the time or the um, the demand of a certain uh, quote or base coin. Um, we can easily go between um, these strategies, and this is made possible because. Like I mentioned before, we don't have bonding periods on farming. So you can, you know, you're very fluid in changing your your investment strategy on Crescent.
1: Uh, gotcha. Uh, thank you for explaining that too. Uh, I guess maybe now that we have you know,
2: uh, in a way uh, understood maybe what the, what the four DEXs are in the first place. Uh, understood a bit about the mechanism behind that. Uh, also got, got to know maybe the LST liquidity that is there on these DEXs. Maybe let's talk about the, the significance of that liquidity in terms of the chain that this DEX is deployed on. Uh, so, what we can go up, uh, about do it is just one by one again. Uh, speak on maybe what the significance of this liquidity is on, on your DEX, but on a chain specific level. Uh, maybe, Forge uh, Co, you want to start first?
1: What, what is the significance of Forge in terms of when it comes to FMOS? Uh, CEO, are you able to hear me? Yeah, sorry, can you repeat the
2: question? Yeah, so I was just asking maybe what what the significance or what role do you think uh, Forge will play uh, in maybe FMOS DeFi that that's going to happen in the future. The liquidity that Forge currently has, you know that it'll probably try to build, what role will that play on or on a chain level
6: on fmos Yeah, of course. So as I mentioned before, uh, we're incentivizing the use of liquid stake tokens to counter the high APRs from FMOS. So this is gonna be the first step to actually be able to use tokens in DeFi because you eliminate the need to compete with the protocol APR and you allow users to use their stake tokens elsewhere. So another thing we're trying to do is by incentivizing the use of liquid stake tokens, we're also gonna enable other protocols to kind of follow the same trend because we're educating the people on the importance of them and the different uses you can have for them. So when other protocols deploy into FMOS, they can kind of use the infrastructure we've already created and just build on top of it. So the part of educating the user, enabling them access to liquid stake tokens is already going to be done by us. And this can simply be adopted by other protocols, which we think they will agree that going the liquid stake route is the, the best way to go, especially in Cosmos. So this is part of our work and we hope other protocols see the value on it and continue
1: using it. Makes sense. I do definitely agree with what you said, like going the liquid checking route is probably the best in Cosmos. Uh,
2: Carter, maybe you want to talk about Shade's role and what, what do you imagine Shade's role to be in terms of secret?
5: 100%. So, uh, so far, Shade protocol makes up more than eighty percent of Secret Network DeFi TVL, so I would definitely say that Shade was part of maybe reviving uh, DeFi on Secret Network. Uh, the L1 actually, there's a gov proposal that went through, and there's actually something called Secret Surge, which was a DeFi initiative to kind of revitalize um, DeFi on Secret. And so there's actually extra rewards on Shade Swap uh, in the form of a Secret uh, staking derivative that Shade Protocol uh, built and launched last year in March. So uh, yeah, overall, we're really focused on expanding secret Secret liquidity. Super appreciative of the Secret Network community because it's kind of a first ever to have privacy and DeFi. And uh, we look forward to continuing to see other DeFi applications getting launched on Secret Network. There's actually a hackathon called Hack Secret. And there was uh, eight plus submissions tied to other people building DeFi products on top of Shade Protocol's DeFi apps. So I think there's starting to be uh, a surge of interest here and excited to see other builders start to catch on to the value of privacy and DeFi.
2: Got it. Yeah. Uh, do definitely agree. I think this, this privacy preserving liquidity, I think is going to play a super important role to build, as you mentioned, right, to build on top of shade. Uh, see, yeah. Uh, next, I think we have like a very special case, which is uh, Crescent here, because Crescent is not only a DEX in a way, it's also a chain in itself.
1: Uh, maybe tree, you want know, to touch upon that and, you know, maybe, what the significance of liquidity on crescent would be yeah um,
4: well obviously having native um, liquid staking we love liquid staking and liquid staking should be the future of you know expanding defi in cosmos and like we predict maybe 100 or 200 a lot more chains launching on 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 Cosmos, and we aim to be kind of public goods or public infrastructure for these chains to launch, uh, because we'll have another utility called um, the Bootstrap module. It's basically a decentralized uh, coin list. So it's a time-based um, token sale. But all these uh, new chains are going to have liquid staking and you know, uh, li- uh, collaborating with liquid staking protocols. And because we're implementing a very advanced version of Uniswap v 3 um, we're going to allow all these uh, protocols to essentially never uh, have their users bond or unbond their tokens. Because why would you um, liquid unstake a token when you can just swap it on the market? And people arbit um, anyway based on the um, you know discrepancy in price. So we think uh Crescent can really be this um liquid staking uh hub decks for all these new projects that are launching. Um and also we're looking into launching outposts on other chains like um uh we're working with Celestia for roll-up and um maybe uh, other chains like Axelars AVM. Um each each outpost for Crescent can serve a different purpose um, because we have this great backend and a great core. Uh, we don't we don't want to just keep it in the Crescent chain. We could use it for other chains as well um, and support their liquid staking uh, um, tokens as well on, on other chains.
1: Uh, yeah, Thank you for sharing that. I, I think you're know,
2: super interesting thoughts there too. I think especially with the, what I was reading in the Crescent roadmap as well, what you mentioned with respect to obviously LF tokens being there, then the, the bootstrap module, and also, you know, the, the, thought of having that public goods infrastructure, you know, definitely something worth looking forward to. And, uh, yeah, last but not the least, maybe protects, uh, you want to talk about, uh, what role do you think Dexter is going to play on persistence. Uh,
3: yeah, uh. So the so the persistence chain is basically the liquid staking hub uh, in Cosmos, and uh, and how it has been structured uh, in a way is super interesting because then there is a chain that issuance layer which is P-stake, Um and having that exposure to P-Stake directly through persistence chain makes it super interesting for Dexter because uh, p doesn't only have exposure in the Cosmos ecosystem, but also outside of Cosmos ecosystem on the ETH side and on the BNB side. Um, and Dexter basically being a, a, a top layer or, or, the, or the layer above p which and becoming a liquidity layer for other DeFi platforms or other DeFi applications that would be launched on persistence in future. Um, it makes it super interesting. So um, what, uh, what the Dexter role would be on persistence chain or how persistence would be helping Dexter out um, it would be in a way to bring in liquid stake assets, not just uh, from within the Cosmos ecosystem, but, um, but across all the other ecosystems. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that that would be super interesting for Dexter.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. Uh, uh, you know, being deployed in processes itself alongside PStack, uh, I think it does solve
2: for the user experience uh, in a way. Wherein you know, rather than having to IDC things, you just are on one platform itself uh, in a way. Uh, yeah, thank you for that. And uh, maybe before we uh, get into any audience questions or get someone on 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 board as a speaker to ask or like talk about uh, what we've been talking for the past hour, the last point to touch upon maybe you know something interesting is. Uh, from here on, how do you see yourself positioning with that to be new pools, new future, new features to attract more of this LST liquidity going ahead? You know, maybe this is time for some alpha here. Uh,
5: Carter, you want to go first? Sure. So a really big one is going to be Silk, uh, the collateral backing for it. We really want to empower uh, as many liquid staking derivatives to be part of kind of being able to mint out Silk and be able to kind of go leverage long and leverage short on their assets. And we really wanna help continue to unlock and empower the capital utilization of uh, liquid staking derivatives. And I think having users be able to bring their assets to Shade Lend, uh, lock up something like STK Atom, mint out silk, and one click later on the swap page, be able to buy more STK Atom. These types of leverage loops are gonna be super powerful. Um, We're also gonna be looking to get LP tokens added as collateral. Um, on Shade Land as well, which will open up a huge amount of liquidity uh, that's currently sitting untapped in the form of of LT, LP tokens. So, um, super pumped for the next six months, and yeah, excited to see staking derivatives continue to take over.
1: Wow, that's definitely exciting and interesting, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, do you, you want to go next? Uh, yeah. So.
4: Our um, our next goal for liquid staking, uh, tokens and derivatives will definitely be liquid farming. Um, I think it's very close. Um, we'll definitely start with you know SDK Adam Adam pool or you know ST Adam Adam pool, and we're already talking with Umi. Um, we're finalizing on because obviously the Oracle will be very important for liquidations and just the integration itself. And we're looking to kind of pr- provide a fluid um, uh, user experience from minting your LF token to, you know, going all the way to these lending protocols. Uh, and definitely once we start this traction and other uh, other chains, they see this happening, um, this new, I don't, because as far as I know, I don't think there's any other chain that's looking to do you know tertiary DeFi investments, um, so that's how we'll build traction, and it, it will be the next level for uh, liquid staking because it's you know a liquid staking farming derivative, um, which can also be which can also uh, earn uh, rewards on on lending protocols as well. So yeah, we're very excited for that.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely excited for lf tokens you know can't wait to get my hands on those uh thank you for
2: sharing that uh few maybe you want to talk about Forge. I, I know i think the incentives program just went live yesterday you mentioned a huge boost in liquidity uh but what, what do you have in plans for the future
6: yeah so right now this is a pretty new Dex. the whole project was just launched two months ago but we're trying to continue to work with new bridge providers, with new liquid staking projects, to try to bring more tokens into the platform itself. For now, we have a broad enough selection so that it's useful for people, but we definitely want to onboard new projects and different things that will help widen the selection. We, since Zephmos connects the EVM to Cosmos, we also want to be one of the main hubs for Ethereum assets or from other L1s. So this is uh, the goal, and we're gonna try to continue raise incentives for uh, other EVM chains to
1: potentially bring them through FMOS into Cosmos. Uh, yep, uh, that that definitely will be you know like good bridge for Ethereum,
2: maybe native tokens to also come into Cosmos on EVMOS. Uh, super excited for that. And uh, last but not the least, uh, what's what's next for Dexter? That will maybe attract more liquidity.
3: Uh, so the next feature that we'll be launching very soon, uh, it'll be going live on the testnet, uh, next week, uh, would be instant LPN bonding. Uh, so currently, uh, ha- uh, what, uh, uh, in case if a user or a liquidity provider wants to earn incentives or external rewards on Dexter, they have to bond their liquidity. Uh, but uh, but I think compared to other dexes um, who are here right now, um, we we believe that um, bonding their liquidity or asking. Uh, for for a user to bond the liquidity is sort of a promise, uh, that the liquidity would stay on the product, uh, for let's say seven days, which is the case with Dexter, uh, and in return for that we give out uh, we give give them incentives. Ah, uh, but why we thought of launching the instant uh, LPN bonding feature was uh, out of a very personal experience that I had uh, booked decent losses uh, when I when I supplied. Um, liquidity for Osmo USD pool uh, back in May, uh, and I couldn't take it out. Um, so I believe it's a feature for a user to take out their liquidity instantly. Uh, but uh, what uh, in, in Dexter, what would happen is they can take out the liquidity instantly by paying some sort of fee. So they, they are disincentivized in a way uh, and in, uh, in a normal market condition. But if ever there is a situation like the Terra crash, um, for any of the pools that are there on Dexter, uh, they should have an optionality to take out the liquidity immediately and save up their assets. Um, so yeah, that is the other feature. And one more thing is we are we, are, we will be starting a rebate program for traders uh, on Dexter, which will launch uh, in June 2nd week. Uh, so yeah, these are the two things that
1: will come on Dexter in the coming weeks. Uh yeah, that's definitely interesting. I think the re
2: the rebate program specifically, I am not quite sure if uh any Dex in Cosmos has had that, but uh yeah looking forward to that. And you know with instant LP and bonding as well, obviously Crescent already has that life. It's great to see more and more Dexes being open to this approach rather than you know having to lock that liquidity in the first place, you know, which is started by someone like Cosmos with the 14 day unbonding. And it's good to see how you're bringing, even though the, it was it was the losses that maybe helped you come with this idea, but bringing that to life with on Dexter. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah, I think with this, uh, maybe we can ask the audience if anyone has any questions. Please feel free to just reply to the space in itself, or if you want to come come on board as a speaker, speak to any of our speakers in general, or talk about liquid staking, any thoughts, any feedback. Please come on the stage, and we'll you know just send the question, and we'll uh, bring you in. Because I do see some familiar faces. like always, we have uh, ZJK, we have Sylvester, Robin, we have Opa, who's your super era, And I uh, think we have a lot of people from the FMOS community, from the secret community, from the Crescent community. It's really great to see that. Uh, I guess also, meanwhile, maybe if anyone has any questions, uh, while they come as a speaker here, an open topic that I wanted to discuss, uh, maybe not necessarily related rich- to rich- liquid-staking, but to end on was uh, that obviously we know that Noble is going live pretty soon. You know, with native USDC coming to Cosmos, uh, how do you think that changes the game for Cosmos in a way, or if, if that doesn't, the first place.
5: Carter, for text, we see you, anyone. I, I'm really curious to see the relationship between AxLR and Noble, just because a vast majority of Cosmos liquidity has come from Gravity and Axlar, and now that there's like this natively issued version of USDC how are the DEXs going to approach that um just cuz there's potential censorship risks tied to natively issued usdc but there's also potential you know massive liquidity inflows um i'm also curious like has anyone seen what happens to an ecosystem like is there any case studies on native usdc issuance tied to other ecosystems cuz it's something that's like getting really really amped but i'm curious like who tangibly is using it and and would they actually be using it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just curious if anyone's seen it play out in other ecosystem before as a case study. Uh, Not
2: sure from a case study perspective, uh, but uh, because I I guess there's not been those many examples when, you know, native USDC went live after maybe like DeFi started to boom. Uh, I guess the only maybe uh, in a way proof of stat that we have is that on most chains the, the TV or liquidity is in terms of USDC or just native stable coins. Because stable coins might just be the you know, best product market for in crypto. Probably liquid staking is about to overcome that. So yeah. But again, I think you raise a very valid point. You know, is this even just, just you know, purely amped, or is it actually going to be something useful? Maybe tree
3: or C or you have any thoughts on this? Uh I, I believe that uh... Native USDC in Cosmos would be a big game changer, uh, especially for DeFi, because um, uh, any big LP or any 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 whale uh, would always prefer to not have that not have the bridge risk, uh, which which has been one of the biggest uh, I, I would say uh, to the biggest pits. Uh, in DeFi. Uh, and then the biggest hacks that were happened were on bridges. Um, and personally, I I feel that, you know, if I would ever have to take a bridge risk, I would not take it on a big sum of money. Um, so I think having native uh, USDC and I mean, one of the biggest stable coins in the whole of crypto uh, would definitely change a lot of things in Cosmos. <laughs>
5: Thanks for the perspective by the way. It's good to hear like the bullish the bullish case for it. That was that was helpful.
1: Yeah, maybe we just have like a three pool of USDC USD send still contextor. <laughs> Something like that. Um,
4: I think uh so native USDC is supposed to be a solution for bridge risk um on Cosmos, but I'm I'm not really sure. How much impact bridge risk has on, or how, or in other words, how much it's hindering the growth of DeFi on Cosmos? Um, I actually think it's time for Cosmos because up until now, I feel like we've been taking solutions that are very successful on other, either Ethereum or other L2s. We've been taking things that are successful there and bringing it here and implementing it exactly as it was done over there. But I actually think it's time for Cosmos to come up with solutions that only we can do in Cosmos through the Cosmos tech, instead of um, just you know copy pasting other other layers um, or DeFi product, especially in DeFi. Oh, definitely, man. That's that's actually very well said. Instead of you know just copying maybe what works on Ethereum
2: might not necessarily work in Cosmos because uh, the very innately different ecosystems or like the ethos of Ethereum and Cosmos are. Even though you know maybe the, the D5 parameters are the same, the ethos is quite different. So do agree with that point. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be super interesting to see what happens uh, you know, with, with uh with Noble launch. And also I think I guess with some something like DYDX also coming to Cosmos. Yeah, I guess maybe Cosmos season after all. <laughs> Who knows? Uh uh maybe before Super Era, we get to your question. I think this is one question in uh in the comments, someone's asking uh if uh it's a P6 question, but I'll let the De- uh, uh take this is uh to let's go multi-chain liquid staking with a unified front end. Uh Zenupa, I'm not quite sure what the process there would be, but definitely super interesting to look into from a P six point of view because we live for uh with only one of the only liquid staking protocols that's multi-chain in nature, and the only in Cosmos that is multi-chain. So so, but the question here is to get uh Non-Cosmos native tokens, via The text, do you have any thoughts or like insights into that? For uh, uh, uh,
3: yes, so as, as I mentioned earlier that uh, above persistence, then there comes P-Stick as the asset issuance layer. And then on top of P-Stick, there is Dexter, uh, which is liquidity layer for other DeFi products that will be launched on persistence chain. So the goal is to bring in uh, assets from outside of cosmos ecosystem uh and have like a one stop uh, shop for all the liquid staked assets that are not just in cosmos but also outside of cosmos so yes there there will be uh there will be a possibility that in coming months we will see eth
1: on dexter uh, yes so yeah yeah, I think mean, super excited for that to to see that as well. You know, to have
2: or to be get an opportunity to have exposure to liquid state uh, yield on BNB or ETH right from you know Dexer so, uh, would be super interesting to see. Uh, yeah, Superera, uh, I think you we have you on board as a speaker. Please feel free to mute, unmute you. yourself and you know ask uh, any question or you know thought you might have.
7: Sure, thank you, thank you. I uh, hope you guys are able to hear me. So hi, this is Superera, and welcome everyone to STK Spaces. Now, you know, uh, before I ask my questions, I probably would like to thank all the speakers. This was a really good space, and I'm personally very bullish on liquid staking, and uh, the thoughts I was able to hear, varied thoughts I was able to hear, kind of, you know, even helped me probably to uh, make sure how I look towards liquid staking more in Cosmos. Now, my questions, uh, uh, I suppose our first question is for Dexter, and this is something I even asked when they had their own space in the office. And I think uh, I had uh, spoken to and maybe maybe even Pratiksha, uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember yet. Uh, but uh, it was about, uh, w- maybe maybe this is all an alpha I want to get as a user. Uh, so when are we going to see more pools? And maybe, you know, uh, yeah, I think this this question, what uh, Aditya just asked was also one of the questions I asked uh, at that time when we'll see probably SDK BNB and SGK Adam and uh, I remember clearly they said that they, they are ready to help anyone. So this is for even others who is in the space. If you guys are ready to contribute and uh, you know, make that happen for Dexter, the, the team I'm sure would be ready to help you guys. So coming back now to my questions, uh, this is for Dexter, first question is for Dexter. Uh, when are we going to see more pools on Dexter? Uh, this uh, no instant onboarding is good, but uh, maybe I would love to see more pools on Dexter and uh, maybe even p because you guys give
3: rewards in p maybe even pools in p yeah. Thank you for the question, Superera. Um So the thought process uh, uh, on, uh, especially with respect to having just two pools till now, which is two months almost uh, since we went live on the mainnet was to make sure that uh, we are growing in a very incremental manner and uh, not bringing in excessive amount of liquidity uh, and not being able to manage it out. We wanted the product to be battle-tested in a way uh, and then take it further. Uh, the other thing is we don't want to spray and pray um, with, with the pools. Uh, so uh, we would be having more pools uh, in, in coming weeks, but will not have a lot of pools, uh, like more than 20 pools or sorts um and the question with respect to having a piece stake pool on on dexter we are working around that so we are we are just figuring out how the incentive structure would work around all the pools whether it is liquid stake assets or the native assets around cosmos and then 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 we will take these pools live so all of these things are in pipeline right now uh it's just that um we are still um seeing or figuring out how we can take uh, how we can take these pools live with the right kind of incentives for the users?
7: Thank you. Okay. No. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't used a lot of uh, dexes yet. I would love to use Forge. I would love to use other dexes. Right now, I've only used Texture and I've used Crescent. So basically, my questions are for them. My next question is for Crescent. Uh, now, the same question probably which was answered a while ago by the Picture. Uh, would would we see uh, liquid-staking assets from other uh, ecosystems like, uh, let's say, SGK B&B, uh on Crescent with BRE, Cree, or maybe, maybe, you know, SGK Atom too?
4: Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, but one thing that we are actually very wary of and very conservative about, and it's stated in our ethos, is mitigating, you know, bridge risk for our users. Um, we don't want to bring in too many bridged assets before we, uh, complete audits on certain bridges. Um, but definitely, yeah, we're open to, um, you know, any assets from, you know, outside and definitely I think Axelar and Gravity, uh, they're doing a very good job. Um, and if our community has enough demand for these assets, we're always open to, Proposals by anyone from the community or even from the foundation. And yeah, we're open to it.
7: All right, perfect. Thank you. And I suppose my last question is for B stay. So maybe if Aditya wants to take that. And it's a very simple question. No, I'm a fan of XPRT. I'm holding XPRT since the time it got launched. XPRT was my uh, gateway to Cosmos. It was not Atom, it was XPRT, or I got introduced to Cosmos. So my question when stkxprt
2: <laughs> uh yeah that's is- a good question yeah yeah yep yeah, yeah. uh, so no uh, i think we just had uh, uh one of our internal product standups just this morning itself to discuss uh, SDK XPRT. it's coming soon sooner than maybe you know what we had imagined in, in the last community call that we had uh, so what we're looking at currently is to first upgrade the persistence chain uh, to go to v47 directly so we're looking to skip v46 uh, for Cos- from Cosmos SDK perspective, because I think V47 is the one that best allows us to implement LSM along with sdkxprt. So if I'm not wrong, rather than having to upgrade to kind of uh, deploy stx XPRT and then upgrade again to deploy the LSM, that uh, we are hopeful, rather persistence is hopeful, to be the first chain in Cosmos to have LSM live on the chain. Uh, this upgrade will allow both at the same time. Uh, so yeah, uh, we definitely something on our priority as a roadmap, but uh, yeah, pretty soon I would say that's
7: Thank you. Thank you. No, I understand. And this sounds good. You guys are doing a fantastic job in, uh, you know, in terms of what you are trying to bring in, having, having, you know, uh, liquid shaking on BNB, on Ethereum, on Cosmos. I understand it's not easy. So I could see that you guys are doing very well and i wish each one of you who has been here and given time and explained about their thoughts on liquid taking a, a wonderful future thank you
1: thank you so but yeah uh, but
2: in the context of the speech itself i think it is quite important for us to uh, uh, you know have stk atom be as diverse and you know widely adopted as possible. Hence uh, you know we went live on crescent with the range pool, we went live on on shade with the ACM liquidity pool with Atom as well as silk. And we're also looking to deploy on forge as well in NST Atom Atom pool. So that uh, you know at the end, because the, the ethos is that you know these individual app chains will have probably their own DeFi ecosystems, but uh, they should be able to do with a liquid staking derivative like atom what they're able to do with Atom. And uh, you know that is uh, how maybe not only will secret defy flourish, not only will FMOS DeFi, not only will crescent DeFi, not only will persistence DeFi, but at the end, no, no, the sum of, at the end, I, I think the goal is to make the sum of the parts bigger than, you know, the, what it is. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I guess that's a good summary as well to the space. You know, uh, I just want to thank Carter for joining in. I know it's too early for you. I want to thank you for joining in. I know it's too late for you, uh, and protection and you as well. For, for the insightful thoughts that you said, talk, to, talk about your DEXs, you, you know, what differentiates you and what is next uh, for each one of you. Uh, I think we had a very in, intriguing discussion around LST liquidity. Uh, I think we can also summarize that, you know, Cosmos DeFi is just getting started. Uh, you know, liquid staking like Dextor, Crescent, Share, and Forge are help building this LST liquidity, uh, probably LS protocols, like P-Stake, Quixel, and Stride are giving a healthy competition to this LST liquidity. And, you know, cosmos of advancements like replicate security, LSM, the atom economic zone. I I think that that will just add a fuel to this right fire that is liquid staking. And uh, yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining in. And we'll see you in the next SDK spaces pretty soon.
4: Thank you and stay liquid. Happy building, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was P-Stake Finance. STK Spaces Number 3 Liquid Staking Dexes in Cosmos Recorded on Thursday, May 25th, 2023 For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn Thanks for listening And if you want to
5: keep listening
0: Head on over to TerraSpaces.org Slash donate and show some support now yeah. this principle in like Tao there's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something the more like the opposite of what you want like just inevitably kinda of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism where Dao Dao, 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 Dao where it's No more humility, futility, plus size Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal Which side the line you beating out on when the dust settles Motherfucking Westside shit, needle and noose Sticking with my armory and Beto and Bruce Repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM GFM Is it really worth all the effort? Is it really worth all the fighting? really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think is clear They started using Zoom, now we finna Zoom out. Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about. Little baby bitches when they choose to have fun. All you left with is kibble when you lose all them bits. And that kibble's just sawdust. The shit is all rust. Not a great look, you're what we'd call all nuts. And I, for one, did not see that coming. Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money. Meanwhile, over here, rewiring features. More critical thinking, huh? Less knee jerk, more evolution. Less shit coin preachers. Pretending to be teachers, y'all just predatory leeches. I mean, please, just look at the track record. A bunch of VC rap fuckers. Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps, rinse and repeat Now we all in your butts, and we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you, you would be like don't, ha- don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might, it might cost us, us a lot, 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 lot more, more than, than what can be gained game. by like fighting this to the better end And sometimes it's better to just like, move on spaces.